0: To Soundprint's Audio Magazine, a production of the Kentucky Council of the Blind. Soundprint is underwritten by the American Printing House for the Blind and the Louisville Downtown Lions Club. I'm Carla Rushival. I'm your host for this week's magazine. Welcome to soundprints for September twenty-seven, two thousand twenty. Are you interested in crafts and learning how to do new crafts? ACB Crafters is just the group for you. They have a couple of classes each week on the ACB community events, and they have a Facebook page and an email list. For example, at 2 p.m. each Sunday, they have a session that is always something different. Today, September 27, the topic is Sense of the Seasons with Haley. The description is Fall is upon us, and there's nothing quite like the amazing, soothing sense of this season. Things like pumpkin, cinnamon, apples, and more. I hope that you all will be joining me for this fun, make-if-you-choose-to, fall class. To receive updates and supply lists, join us on Facebook. Their page is facebook.com groups slash acbcrafters, C-R-A-F-T-E-R-S. Then on Thursday, there's needle knitting with Jeannie and Jane at 5 p.m. Eastern Time. The description is, if you're a beginner, be there for the first hour, where we'll walk through binding off, and, if you feel ready, present the purl stitch. For those who want to learn some new stitches, techniques, and or patterns, join us in the second hour for some discussion, sharing of resources, and knit-along projects, where we're sure to learn from each other. If you have a knit-along suggestion, let us know. We're all eager to try new things. For more information on their needle knitting group as well visit their Facebook page at ACB Crafters or join their email list acb-crafters-subscribe at acblist.org. If you'd like to find out more about the many, many topics covered in ACB community events and how you can participate right from your telephone, Join the community events email list for a morning email with that day's schedule. Send a blank message to acb-community-events-subscribe at acblists.org or join the ACB Community's Facebook group at acbcommunity. You can also hear a recorded list of community events for a day by calling the National Office at 800-424-8666 or 202-467-5081. Tracy Mania from the Kentucky Talking Book Library joined us this past week on Roundabout, sponsored by the Greater Louisville Council of the Blind, to talk about the new e-readers being distributed to individuals who are testing the new e-reader for the National Library Service. Tracy explained the program and took questions that were related to commands, plans for the future, and many other topics. Join her on page two as she gives some interesting information that will be important whether you are currently involved in the test project if you would be involved in the test project in the future, or if you would just like some information about what is going on with NLS. Remember that using e-readers for the reading of Braille is certainly compatible with the COVID-19 restrictions. If you download your magazine or your book from BARD, Bookshare, or any other source and read on your e-reader or note taker, you will be social distancing because you will not be receiving items in the mail and therefore will be preventing the spread of the virus. The same goes for audiobooks, so consider using your online resources as much as possible. On page three, we spotlight our special magazine. Yes, I know, our special's been around for a long time and many people probably think of it as a little thin magazine with a few articles. It's really different today, and it's not a magazine that is just of interest to women. So listen in on page three as we share a couple of articles from the May-June 2020 issue, one about accessible voting and one about a list of books that is available for download from Bard and that you will be able to use with your e-reader or note taker Going back, of course, to the presentation on page two. We hope that you enjoy this edition of Sound Prints. Please be sure to let us know if you have requests for topics that you would like to see covered on Sound Prints, or if you have something of interest that you think we should cover on Sound Prints. You can reach us by calling the Kentucky Council of the Blind at 502 895 4598, or email us at kcb at kentucky acb.org page two. Tracy
1: Mania is here, and Bill, since you are uh, you are the person that uh, got, had, was able to get Tracy to come and be with us tonight, would you like to introduce Tracy?
2: Yes, I would like to thank uh, Tracy for coming and answering our questions and talking about eReader tonight, and she mm-hmm. is with the Talking Book Library in Quankford, Kentucky, and welcome, Tracy, and uh, you have
3: the floor. Thank you, and thank you for inviting me here to speak to you today. Can everyone hear me? Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. You sound great. good. Sound good? Well, here at the Kentucky Talking Book Library, we're very excited about this Braille e-reader pilot. I know I've talked to several of you about it already, and we're glad that a lot of you all have been excited, too. The National Library Service has been working for several years now to create a refreshable Braille display with the goal of eventually providing one to all Braille readers in the talking book system nationwide, making electronic Braille more widely available will hopefully increase Braille circulation and access. More books can be made available as eBraille than we can currently provide in hard copy, and eBraille certainly saves space for us and you all in your homes. This pilot is a major step in that process. The National Library Service is planning to test two different devices over the coming months and selected Kentucky as one of the four libraries to test the humanware device. Another group of libraries will be selected to test a different device. The pilot runs for six months, and during that time, patrons who are testing the e-reader will be asked to give feedback in the form of surveys at two months, four months, and six months. And at the end of the six months, the devices must be returned to the Talking Book Library. The device itself has been created with Talking Book patrons in mind. For people who love technology, it can directly log into BARD and be used as a display for your computer or your Apple product. However, for those patrons who aren't as tech savvy or don't have internet access, we can also provide you with Braille books on cartridge, the same way we send out audiobooks. And perhaps most importantly, because it is a part of our library, we can give tech support either directly through us or referring you to the National Library Service. We were lucky enough to get more devices than we expected, and so I've been in the process of calling or emailing people who we know read Braille. However, we've discovered that a lot of Braille readers haven't received Braille from us recently, so we may not know you read Braille. If you or someone you know are interested in taking part in this pilot, please contact the library and ask to speak to me. We're looking for patrons of all skill levels to test the device out. Someday soon we may be providing these e-readers to everyone from elementary kids to seniors, and we need as much feedback as possible so the National Library Service can make sure the final product works for everyone. Also, I would be remiss not to mention that I've also encountered a lot of outdated contact information, so please make sure the library has your up-to-date phone number, email, and address, even if you only use BARD. Now, does anyone have questions for me? And I will say if it's a very specific tech support question, it would probably be best to call me next week when we can work on it one-on-one, but I'll be happy to try to answer some others.
4: (laughs) I have a question. Yes. How do you find out how much storage is on the uh, internal memory?
3: It's got 16 gigs of storage,
4: which I've (laughs) been told could actually probably
3: hold every bell Every Braille book that we have in eBraille on it right now would still have space to spare.
4: Okay, 16 gig, okay. But I was trying to find that in the manual, and I couldn't find it, so.
3: Yeah, I think that they may need to update the manual a little. I've talked to several people, and there's some good things to point out that probably need to be more clearly labeled.
4: Well, on the main menu, it could have an information and in, tell you how much storage you have left, because, I, like I said, I couldn't find that. I've downloaded some books. I just got it in a couple of hours ago. And-
3: well, it is very unlikely you'll ever run out of space using eBraille. It takes up very little
4: space. Um, yes, yeah. so
3: you, you should probably be fine. <laughs> I understand that. Jay Rasperson, uh,
2: yeah. I'd like to find out about the both machine. Do you uh, the
5: design of both machines? Are they pretty similar?
3: I am actually not sure. I have not had a chance to see the other machine, and I'm not familiar with the manufacturer. It's being made by Zumax. And they have not started that um, pilot yet. And because they haven't started testing, they haven't shared any of the user manuals or any of the documentation on it for me to take a look at yet. Thank you. Bill Wright, I have a
2: question. Yes. It's just um, backspace M to delete a book. Let me. Well, what, what do you do to? to
3: to delete a book. Okay, just a moment. Let me pull up that section of the information I have. There's a couple different places you can delete from. One is directly from the inside of the book where you pull up the book manager, which is I believe what you were describing there. And then you should have the option um, to scroll through and find delete. But another way is you can go into the file manager and select the book in the file manager. One of the things I should point out is we're also kind of on a learning curve as well. With the pandemic, We were spo- I was supposed to go to D.C. to have an intensive training, but we did not get that opportunity. So I'm learning with you all for some of this.
1: <laughs> That's perfectly okay.
3: <laughs> yes, if you are in the book list and you select the book, you should do backspace with the M chord to open up book management. Then you should be able to select either copy to, move, or delete. And then you can select delete to actually, and it should ask you to confirm that deletion.
1: So in that case, Tracy, it would actually be making sure you follow the prompt because it probably asks, it prompts you to, to confirm.
3: Yes, it's always going to ask you to confirm before you delete something.
6: I have a question, Uh, this is Terry about um, when when you go to BARD to download a book directly into the machine, can you search BARD or do you have to know the book uh, catalog number that you want?
3: You should be able to search BARD. Um, While this device is not an actual writer so you can't write a document on it, it should allow you to search BARD. And when you search BARD on it, it should allow you to only see the Braille books so you're not having to sort through the audio while you're looking. Although I'm sure some people here on the call have actually downloaded some uh, BARD books. Does anyone have any feedback on that?
4: I just did it. um, This is Deanna, and I just – it said search by keyword, and I didn't go to any other options. So I just wrote in the author, and it gave me a whole bunch of authors, and then I didn't want those. So – (laughs) search by keyword again, and I wrote the title of a book, and it just found it, and the first thing on there was download. I clicked it, and in about five seconds, the book was there.
3: Yeah, it should download very quickly, because once again, those Braille files are very small, much smaller than an audio file.
6: When you do download a book uh, and write in the author or title, what uh, do you use contracted Braille, uncontracted Braille, computer Braille for the writing? When oh, okay. I did it,
7: Tracy, this is Kenny, Kenny Williams. When I downloaded a book, I used contracted Braille.
3: Oh. I know that you can change your menu options look. to be different options for the menu. I'm not actually sure uh, what the best way to enter it into BART is, but it sounds like people have had success with that contracted Braille.
4: Yeah, I think it's whatever you have your, Braille, your device set to. See, if you set it to uncontracted, then you'd have to
7: enter it in uncontracted. Yeah, the only
3: thing is to remember with that, if you're changing the menus from contracted and uncontracted, um, it still won't change the books themselves. However, they were created is the way they will be. Any other questions or comments? I love (laughs) hearing
7: feedback about it. (laughs) This is Kenny. Go ahead, Kenny. And I'd like to make a comment. Okay, um, I've had the e reader now since Monday, and I love this e reader i It has given me so so much liberty um oh, cool. I'm learning it and um I am now able to go on uh the Kindle app. And read books from from
3: Kindle. Is that using the the display with the Bluetooth? Yep. I'm glad they got that working and that you're able to use that. That's great to hear.
5: This is Rick Bogus. I've used it with my phone as as well as barred books, but it it uh, pairs beautifully, uh, Bluetooth to my iPhone. I've also found it works beautifully. You sent the cartridge to, because you wanted to try, because it will copy automatically from the cartridge, and that went beautifully for me, and then I helped a lady in Owensboro get hers going today, and it worked beautifully that time as well.
3: That's good to hear. I know we've had a few people who have had some hiccups along the way, but it's good to hear that for a lot of people it's working smoothly.
8: I was able to change the date uh, as far as a date because it was on the next day. I changed uh-huh. that and also changed the a.m. to p.m. Um, plus the fact that I'm glad that I do not have to search for my place in a book. This way it just automatically comes back to where you are. Um, yeah,
3: it should remember your um, five most recent books.
8: That's just wonderful. Um the only, the only question I might have is, if you've got several books that you're reading, um, how do you switch between one book to another book without having to shut it down and go back?
3: If you go back into the recently read books, it should have your five most recent books in there, and they should keep all five open where you're at. So you can go back and forth between those five. However, if it's a book that you've had um, opened a long time ago and you've opened a lot more since then, it may not keep your place any longer is
7: my understanding. But the book, it will. this is Kenny again, the book, from my understanding, will be listed in the book list.
3: Yes, in the if book you, list.
7: If you use your thumb keys to go back to the book list. And right, I've done that.
8: But switching from one to another, if you've got one, the most current one that you're on, and you want to switch to one of the other ones you've got open without having to shut the unit down,
3: because if you go,
8: you go to book reader and then book list again, it's going to put you back to where you were in the most current book.
3: No, okay. Well, you, can, it, you should be able to search through other books. It shouldn't go straight back into the other one, especially because book no. reader has a couple of different sections. There's book list and recently read. So if you go back up to Book Reader and then go down, you should have the Recently Read option, and that should just okay, show God. you the five most recent books.
8: I'll try that way.
3: That way, if you end up with a thousand books on there, you can still find the most recent ones. As I know, some people probably won't
5: want to delete the books if they like them. This is Rick Bogus. Do you know what? I, I know you're right that the you know the books really take up relatively little space. Do you know what the average space taken up by a book is roughly?
3: I, let me pull up a, I'll I'll look into that real quick. I can pull up a file and see what it says. Just a moment.
2: It depends on the size of the
5: book. Yeah, it will. I was was just kind of curious, you know, if, 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 if there might be kind of a, average, but it has an incredible amount of, you know, 16 gigs is a lot of space when, I mean, Braille, really, you know, text doesn't take a lot of space <laughs> really, <clears throat> even That's if true. there's a lot of
3: Yeah, I think that you're looking at something like uh, one or two uh, megabytes tops for a big book. I mean, I could fill up a. we have four gig cartridges for our audio books and I could probably put thousand braille books on there if I was really trying.
5: <laughs> um, this is Jay Jay Rasperson. When you get the box, what comes in the box and what are you got to do to set it up?
3: Okay. Well first of all, we will provide it for you already mostly charged, um, and with the latest updates on it so you don't have to worry about anything like that out of the box. It will also already come in um, a protective case, so you don't even have to worry about putting that on. So it's pretty much ready to use out of the box. It does also come with a cord that can be used to hook it up to a computer or to a adapter that goes into the wall to charge it, and a shorter cord that goes to one of our cartridges. That way you can sideload from our cartridges directly if you'd like to. And it comes with a getting started guide in both Braille and regular type, as well as a thicker spiral bound Braille user guide that's the full user guide as it is currently.
5: Do you have to hook it up to the internet?
3: You do not have to hook it up to the internet if you're going to use books from us. If you're going to use them off of the cartridge, you do not need the internet at all. However, if you're going to use it with BARD or with... um, Your iPhone for Bluetooth, you will need to actually go into the settings and turn those on and enter your Wi-Fi. If you're going to use the the BARD, you will have to log into BARD and um, into your own Wi-Fi. And it does not work with public Wi-Fi because any any Wi-Fi network that you have to actually go to a website and say, I agree in order to use it, it cannot do that because there's no browser. So it works best with home Wi-Fis where you can set up your own system. But it also does have a flash drive, um, a USB port, and an SD card port, so that if you are not comfortable or don't have Wi-Fi, you can still download books onto a flash drive or an SD card and then put them on yourself as
5: well. Tracy, that this, yes, this is Rick. I um, I saw a comment on, and you may monitor these. I don't know, but I saw a comment on one of the list, on the list this week, and someone was commenting on behalf of another individual who has one, suggesting that there might be consideration to, and I know you technically don't control this, that'd be manufactured, but possibly redesigning the adapter so that the, I think the prongs are rotated maybe uh, a quarter. It has to do with how it fits on things like power strips and things like that, because it's, it's a pretty huge charger when you think about it. Yeah, it is
3: large. Um, you could probably, um, I'll, I'll, that's one of the things I definitely mention with the surveys and then I'm making notes of things to try to mention myself, but they'll probably listen more if a lot of people mention the same thing. <laughs> um, but as far as the design goes, that's important to know because perhaps the other device has a better design for that. Um, or it might be something that would be easy to fix because those plugs are oftentimes fairly interchangeable. They could maybe find a better option with human wear. Um, But as far as the listserv goes, just so you all will know, um, that is actually, someone from National Library Service is probably monitoring that, but um, librarians here in Kentucky, we don't actually have access to that. So that's, that's, anything you see there is probably not known to us. So if there's something that's important, you might want to contact us directly.
6: This is Terry. This is a question about using the reader connected via Bluetooth to an iPhone device. Can you, will the iPhone Braille control commands that control iPhone functions work using this unit? I I don't see why they wouldn't, but uh, in other words, can you control the iPhone just as you can with other Braille um, displays? Uh, Does someone who's
3: used it with their iPhone recently want to answer that? I've not actually been able to use
5: one. Yes, Chair, it does. The commands work. Uh, the regular iPhone keyboard commands—is that what you're talking about?
6: Yeah.
5: Yes. 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 They okay. were.
6: Fantastic. Thanks, Rick.
3: Thank you all, because uh, I think I've mentioned to most of you, I don't actually read Braille, and this is my first display too, so I'm still learning. And when it comes to that, you all are going to know more than me.
5: <laughs> I would also add that the activity this is, is one candle. I haven't. I haven't noticed any problem. You know, plug it into a power strip. I got mine plugged in a power strip, and I hadn't really noticed. You know, any problem. Uh, I think what the person was referring to is maybe making it. And I can't picture it. I don't have it right in front of me. But I, yeah. when I looked at the time, it, it made this, large. I think that I think it just made, so that you could use the power strip more efficiently with you know, put it pl- plugging other devices because maybe yeah. it blocks some of the other plugs.
7: It is a rather large plug. It does. This is, this is Kenny, and I I feel that it blocks uh, – it takes up three plugs. It, it's just big. But I still love it. <laughs> definitely like that.
5: (laughs) Yeah, I'm I'm going to hate to give it back in six months.
1: (laughs) Well, we're
3: hopeful. We're very hopeful that within uh, one to two years, they'll be able to have one mass produced. Now, of course, that still has a lot of factors going into it, but that's Mm -hmm. the hope.
1: So, Tracy, this is Carla. Um, The first thing is <clears throat> that this only reads Braille. This does not do audio, right? Correct. Now, if some of you may or may not have noticed that there is a
3: plugged headphone jack on there. So, if you tried yeah. to use that, it would not work. Right now, they only do um, Braille, and I don't know if there's any plan to change that.
5: Well, okay. In we'll my other
1: question, button. oh, go
5: ahead. It looks like that there's actually aren't there uh, buttons for what would appear to be volume controls there? Yeah, there are. Yeah. So, yeah, I they don't wonder. Right, right. I know that, but I'm just saying it. that, that could be a easily expanded, potentially, if they're interested in doing so. Yeah, better. I
3: don't know what the future of that is. I was just told at this point it cannot handle. That's why they put that plug in there to try to keep people from using it without it being able to be used. <laughs>
7: mm-hmm. This is Kenny again, and um, I'd like to speak To the the volume controls, uh, they do. One of those volume controls do have a definite purpose. Um, If for whatever reason you have to go back to the factory default settings. Yes. Yes.
3: Yeah. You can press the factory reset. That's a
7: lot. Yes. The factory reset is the uh, volume up press in conjunction with the power key.
3: And that's something that most of y'all won't need to worry about at least until the end of six months. And we will, of course, reset them before we send them off, too. So.
1: Any other questions, comments? Yes, this is Carla, I have another one. Um. If, um, if we haven't used Braille from the library for a long time, um, and, but we were in the system at one time, can we still participate in the study?
3: Um, as long as uh, we still have machines available, which we do, we have plenty right now, we'd be happy to consider anybody that, like, has an active account, and we can always reactivate that account if we need to. Okay. We want to talk to each person on the phone, but we would definitely be happy to do that.
1: Okay. And the other thing is, um, <clears throat> when the study is up on this on this e-reader, and all of these go back, <clears throat> the four states that have these, um, they will not receive the other e-reader. Are there are there states designated that will get it?
3: As I understand it right now, it will be other states that get the other e-reader because I think there's going to be an overlap in the trial. It hasn't started yet, but I believe it'll start before the six months of our test is over. And they are trying to pick a variety of places. They're looking at things like trying to make sure that different uh, geographic regions get a chance to try it out, different levels of urban or rural, different. um, They're actually partially testing us because, Some libraries have people on staff who are experts at Braille and experts at Braille displays, and others don't, so they're trying to make sure we have enough resources to be able to provide the support we need.
6: This is Terry. I have another question. Um, Can the device be – can I read if the device is in its case? In other words, can I, like, be on a bus and wear it? around my neck with the strap and wrist. Yes, read.
5: you can. Absolutely. My, uh, mine's, yeah. mine's in
6: the case. That's lovely. Thank I, you. Yes. While I you are able to, to take the state.
3: case off if you hate it, <laughs> we do recommend keeping it on as long as it's not a problem for your ability to read with it because it will protect that device so much more. So. A
5: wonderful case. <laughs> it's Mine, Mine's in the case, and, I, you know, I charge it in the case and read with it in the case, and it's no problem at all.
3: So do I. Yeah, they designed the case to try to work around all of the openings so that it shouldn't get in the way, although I could imagine somebody may not like it, and if that's the case, you can take it out, but we recommend keeping it in to protect those grill dots and to protect those keys.
5: It's got slots, you know, for your cords and... This is is Mary
1: Adrian.
3: How long did you charge your e-reader? It should be fully charged between 3 and 4 hours of charging. And okay. we ship them out they should be somewhere between uh 90 and 100% charged when we ship them out. So
5: mine was 100% when I got mine.
3: Mine was Yeah, good. we have our machine tech working on them um to make sure they're as ready to go as possible on the way out the door, but depending on the post office it might lose a little.
6: This is Debbie Green. What what do you then want from uh, from the, the people that are testing it? Do do you do um, do they need to give you a report at the end of six months or do they hey,
3: the National Library Service, um, when you sign up, first of all, I will be giving you a survey when you sign up just to get a baseline for your comfort level with technology and, and how long you've been reading Braille, just to gotta get a baseline of who you are. Okay. After that, at two months four months, and six months, the National Library Service will have someone contact you with surveys. Okay. I'm not sure what they're going to ask in those surveys. They're expected to take between 10 and 20 minutes each, and so that would be three surveys. But okay. we also, every time we get a tech support call where someone might need help with the button or something goes wrong with the device, we are also reporting that on our end to so the National Library Service, so they're getting a whole slew of what's been a problem or what comes up more than once so they can research too.
6: Okay, and how big how big of a device? How big is it?
3: How much I would more? say it's roughly six inches by three inches and less wow. than an inch thick. Oh my
7: gosh. It's goodness. a twenty cell display. That's it's great,
1: Debbie. You need one. <laughs> I'm thinking about <laughs> it. the
7: size of two decks of cards sitting side by side.
1: Oh. Wow. Yeah, ah. yeah end- it's really neat.
7: End to end,
3: okay. Great. Yeah, and because it's that twenty yeah. cell display, that's half a line of Braille, so that makes it easier. Then I know that some of the thirty-two inch or thirty-two cell displays are harder because it's like two thirds of a line.
6: <laughs> so you said twenty cell display. Oh. Yes,
3: yeah, this is a twenty cell display. Okay.
5: Uh, does it does it that's hurt the to was it when it's being charged? Pardon.
2: Does it that's hurt the to use it being charged? Both. Already on it.
5: Just a second, Junior.
3: It's I'm getting a little garbled, but I think you were asking if you can use it while it's charging, and yes, you can.
5: Yeah. Oh, you can.
3: Yes, you can use it while it's
5: charging. I have a question. Or Daniel, it is Daniel, right?
2: Yeah, that's right.
5: I'm sorry. I'm sorry.
2: Does it does it come with any books already on it?
3: Not already loaded on it except for the user manual, which is on there. However, when I send it out, we're asking everybody to test out one of our cartridges with it. So I will ask you when I'm signing you up for it if there's any books or authors or subjects that you want to read. And I can send out as many of those on a cartridge as you want because once you copy those over onto the reader, you can send the cartridge back and you get to keep those books. So I sent out a cartridge today for someone with 12 books on it. She usually gets one Braille book at a time, but you know what? Without having to worry about the mail, she wanted 12.
2: <laughs> well, i tell you what. When I, when I read books, I get frustrated because, you know, my hands shake so much that I read better on machines than I, than I do in, uh, with a Braille book.
1: It would be interesting, Daniel, to see how well you read this. Um, and I'm curious, Kendall, I know that sometimes, you know, you have some problems with with reading. Are you finding that you're reading faster on this?
7: Uh, I think so, Are yeah. You, yeah. Yeah, I, I believe uh, so.
3: Oftentimes, a little bit of an adjustment if you're not used to reading eBraille because you'll have to get used to pressing the buttons to move on to the next yeah, section. But once you do, it should hopefully be at least the same speed as you did with hard copy,
2: if not faster. Actually, um I read faster on the Braille notes than I do on the in Braille books. Yeah. Because I don't shake and I control it better on the Braille note than I do on the – with the Braille. I get very frustrated with Braille books.
3: Yeah. Yep.
6: It sounds like this would be an
3: excellent option for you then.
6: Carla, just to answer your question, I tried Joey's um, one night, and I actually read a lot faster than even, like, with the Orbit and stuff because I found it easier to hold in everything.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and those thumb keys,
6: you know, yeah. the, the, the yeah. humanware products
1: have the thumb keys, and you can just – I love my thumb keys. Yes, they're fabulous.
5: There is (laughs) an auto. As you get more advanced, there is an auto scroll function that you can. I know.
6: I want. That's what I was getting ready to talk about it
7: once once I found the break in the conversation, Um, (laughs) and um, the auto scroll for me. When I first started using it on Monday, I slowed it down, but I've learned how to speed it back up, and I'm actually reading faster with the e-reader than I would with the regular Braille book. We
3: definitely love to hear that because we know that um, a lot of Braille doesn't circulate because it's not as easy. So if this is easier, that's awesome.
1: I think this will be really good, too, for kids that are trying to learn Braille and maybe they have trouble tracking. Uh, Deanna, you might... You might have a different opinion but I think when kids have trouble tracking braille on a page and on this on the e-reader you've got one line so there's nowhere to go except on that one line. That's yeah. true. It makes it's cool a huge for kids difference.
3: to get experience with the displays as well because it will help them with computer learning so.
5: Mhm.
1: Yep. Yeah. Hang
3: a on a second. Jay. Kid.
5: Can you change the intensity of the braille?
3: Um, not to my understanding. It's going to be the dots are going to have a, the same universal. You can't change how, how high up they go.
1: I want to just follow up on the automatic scrolling for just a second before we drift on to something else, and that is that for me, I'm a, I'm a pretty fast Braille reader. The last time I was tested, which was years ago, it was well over 200 words a minute. And, um, but I don't like the auto scroll. And the reason I don't is because I can read along fast, fast, fast. But every once in a while, I want to stop and kind of absorb what I'm reading. I might want to think mm-hmm. about something that could be a clue in that mystery or at some point in a, in, in a nonfiction book or whatever. And by the time I have to go and turn off the auto scroll, and then come back and figure out where it scrolled off to before I got it turned off and all that. I find it too much trouble. My you know, understanding can...
3: mm-hmm. with this device is that it should turn off the auto-scroll when you hit any button.
7: Any oh, no, button. That's my fun.
3: understanding.
7: Are you, mm-hmm. have to, you can even touch one of the cursor buttons that's yes. right above where you're reading, and it'll turn uh-huh. it off.
1: And that's a good feature.
7: I am a, a musician, and... I read Braille music. I know that Bard has uh, scores available in Braille. This right. weekend, it is, it is my my aim and my goal to download um, one of the piano scores just so that, one, I can see it And Sue, because I haven't laid hands on Braille music in a number of years.
3: I would love to hear how that works out for you. If you want to shoot me an email after you've done it or give us a call next week, because I don't know of anyone else who's experimented with the music on there yet.
7: I didn't think that there was anyone else that had done it, because I look at the, the emails. I'm on the email list. And I see all of them. In fact, I've just received like 75 just since you've been on tonight. <laughs> uh-uh. So it's an
3: active listener.
7: <laughs> I will definitely be in touch with you to let you know how that goes.
3: I'd appreciate that because, as I mentioned, I'm learning with you. So getting that feedback will be great for when someone asks me a question later. Okay
1: it will be interesting on that how that displays because i know that a few years ago nls was having the music formatted for a 32 cell display i don't know if that's continued to be the case or not but um you know that they they were doing that several years ago it's been probably 8 or 10 years since i heard that was happening it's been
7: about 12 years ago that they started that And I definitely heard what they decided concerning that or if it just fizzled out.
1: Well, I know somebody was doing the proofreading for it, Kenny. I mean, it was definitely happening.
7: I'm really excited and anxious to uh, to do this this weekend. And um, tomorrow when I get off from work at the store, that's going to be what I do.
1: All right. Well, are there any more questions that um, haven't been asked?
5: One more question. Can you adjust the speed? You, the uh, speed the word- of the
3: auto scroll? Is that yes. what you're? Yes. Yeah. You can adjust the speed of the auto scroll. Most of the settings can be adjusted, including the sleep timer. So if it's going to, too- to sleep too soon on you, you can also adjust that. So there's a- most of those settings can be adjusted. Well, and anybody who... Either, but- does not have one who is interested now. I would love to hear from you all next week and we can talk about it. Uh, This is
2: Bill Wright. I would like to thank Tracy for coming tonight and answering our
3: questions. Well, thank you all for having me, and you all have a wonderful weekend.
0: Page 3. Sammy Clay is a veteran who lives in Washington, D.C., who loves to read. She called me about two or three years ago when she saw an ad on the blind ads list for some CDs and cassettes by the Tri-State Library users. Sammy is very supportive of groups that encourage reading, and she wanted to help out. Last year, she called me up and said, I would like to donate a year's subscription to our special magazine to the Greater Louisville Council of the Blind to help support Roundabout. And we've been receiving our special and sharing it for this past year. On this page of sound prints, we want to feature our special and let you know of some of the great things that are available in this magazine. Now, our special has been around for many, many years. And if you read it a long time ago, you'll remember a thin braille magazine that had raised print letters on the front and that had a few articles. They were good. But they were slim and few. The issue that I'm looking at right now is the May-June 2020 issue. And the magazine is billed as a Braille magazine edited for and by blind women. Our special isn't just of interest to blind women, however, as you'll see in a few minutes. The magazine is published six times a year by National Braille Press. And the subscription is $15 a year. I'm going to share the first article in this magazine with you because it's very appropriate for us during this election year. And then we're going to also share another article that is library-related. So this first article is called A Note from the Annex, and it's by Dana Nichols, who is the editor of the magazine. It says, Hello again. In every leap year, that is, every presidential election year, I get so tired of presidential candidates and politicking that I only turn on the TV once daily, just to get the weather forecast. I wasn't sure I'd even get to vote this year. When I first moved here, the activities director loaded residents onto the bus, and we went to our polling places to vote in a state election. One year, we submitted absentee ballots, with someone helping me fill mine out. Another year, I had to use a provisional ballot, again with cited help, because I wasn't registered to vote at this address. Another year, the lines at the voting booths were so long that I opted for a paper ballot, again with cited help. This time, because the new activities director is inexperienced, no arrangements had been made until I began asking whether we would get to vote. After lunch today, a busload went to vote. By that time, though, I had already done my civic duty on the way back from the nursing home, where my sister Judith and I had visited my mother-in-law. When I signed in at the polling place, the poll watcher said eagerly, We've got a voting machine that will talk you through voting, if you want to do it by yourself. I'd always hesitated about using any technology for the first time, so I agreed to let Judith come into the booth with me in case the accessible voting machine wasn't actually accessible. The poll worker crowded in so she could assist us and see how it worked. I was eager until she began giving Judith, not me, the instructions. Instead of point and click, it was swipe and tap, the touchscreen technique. After we found the volume control, I put on the headphones and listened as the electronic voice began reading the screen. Because Judith couldn't hear the voice, she began reading the screen aloud, thinking she was helping. I had to keep shushing her in order to hear the screen reader. I told her my choices, and she entered them on the touch screen. Thinking I might figure a way to navigate the screen, I asked her if I could touch it. Sure, she said, but there's a Braille keypad right here. A minor detail, but I was very happy it was there. It had the necessary keys, labeled in Braille, right and left arrows, scroll, select, and finish. The Braille was very sharp and easy to read. The voice verified each selection and announced the next step. When I was through voting, the machine after generating an electronic record of my vote, spit out a paper ballot with circles blacked in to reflect my vote. We took the ballot to the other side of the room, where another poll worker ran it through a machine like the scanners I used to mark objective tests with. After a moment, the machine pinged and announced that my vote had been recorded. Though I would like to know if my candidate won, I'm still not going to turn on the TV for a while. For days, the pundits will repeat their endless analysis of who won and why. And we have weeks and weeks more of this election talk until November. But in November, I'll allow no one to go into the voting booth with me. For the first time, I'll have a secret ballot like everyone else. I'm going to enjoy the voting process no matter who wins. There are many other articles in the hour special, and I'm going to read you the contents from this magazine so you can see the wide range of materials that are available. Of course, the first article was the one we just read, A Note from the Annex. Then there's a notice, Health Squad, Better Sleep Tonight. Pet Tricks, Help Senior Pets Get the Most Out of Their Golden Years. Susie on style, business casual, what does it mean? God's timing is always perfect. Going shopping, delicious non-dairy desserts. Closet care, jeans. Love your style. Hobbies and such, wedding traditions and trivia. Dream escape, find tranquility on Tortola. Food for thought. Happiness and Harmony, Julia's Jottings, Organizing Challenge, Stow Your Purses and Totes, Nutrition, The Chocolatey Truth, My Mother's Secret, Have cane Will Travel, Time for a Road Trip, Boost Your Energy, Mood, and Thoughts by 60%, Brooks' Keys to Vibrant Energy, Handicrafts, So Many Books, What We Love. Kitchen Corner, Alumni, Family, and Friends Cookbook. Since we had a feature on the e-reader on page two, I'm going to just skim for you the handicrafts article called So Many Books by Phyllis Campbell. It kind of matches that theme and gives us an idea of things that we now could read from Bard on our e-readers. Back when I first started knitting, and no, I'm not going to say how long ago that was, there were few easy ways to obtain craft patterns. Of course, there was the Library of Congress. The patterns came in huge boxes, and the only way to order was through the U.S. Mail. Of course, there were your friends and relatives who were willing to dictate patterns. I suspect there are many of you who remember your hand almost breaking while copying a lengthy pattern using a slate and stylus. Not so today. We can pick up the phone and have a chat with our friendly reader advisor at our library, or go online and download from Bard. There's Bookshare, .bookshare www.bookshare.org, a subscription service where you can also find a great selection of craft patterns, not to mention online sites where you can find patterns free for download or for sale. Because I have so many questions about where to find craft instructions, this column gives a small selection of the books to be found through your Braille library or online at Bard. When I looked, I was delighted not only to find patterns by such designers as Elizabeth Zimmerman and Nancy Bush for knit and crochet, but instructions for candle making, growing from your own seeds, and even perfume making. Warning! Some of these unusual things may require sighted help, since they are commercial books, not things written especially for the blind. Take a look at the sampling below. Unfortunately, space does not permit me to use the entire list. If memory serves me correctly, there are over a hundred books on the list. These books are all available on BARD and can be downloaded Onto your e-reader or note taker. Note: I am not going to read the annotations for these books, just the titles and the number and author. Small loom and freeform weaving: five ways to weave. B R one eight five nine five by Barbara Matheson, one volume. One hundred and one designer one skein wonders. B R one eight three seven eight by Judith Durant, three volumes. Fifty Sensational Crochet Afghans and Throws, BR one eight one three two, by Bobby Metella. Needlecraft Shop, two volumes, A Treasury of Knitting Patterns, BR one four one one one, by Barbara G Walker, four volumes. Candle Making for the First Time, BR one four one six four, by Vanessa Ann, Vanessa Ann Collection one volume. Elizabeth Zimmerman's Knitter's Almanac, Projects for Each Month of the Year, B.R. 18547, Elizabeth Zimmerman, two volumes. Folk Socks, The History and Techniques of Hand-Knitted Footwear, B.R. 17084, by Nancy Bush, two volumes. Gifts for Herb Lovers, Over 50 Projects to Make and Give, BR 12116 by Betty Oppenheimer. Two volumes. Knitting in the Old Way. Designs and Techniques from Ethnic Sweaters. BR 16220 by Priscilla A. Gibson Roberts. Deborah Robinson. Three volumes. Perfumes, Splashes, and Colognes. Discovering and Crafting Your Personal Fragrances, BR-12151, by Nancy M. Booth, two volumes. Finally, from the May-June hour special. In each hour special, there's always a recipe insert. In this May-June issue, the kitchen corner is the Alumni Family and Friends Cookbook by Marjorie Arnott. Can't believe we are almost into summer already, and yet the year doesn't seem to have begun, I hope you all have had a good Easter. Enjoy the summer months, and see you in July. Note, all recipes in this section come from Alumni Families and Friends Cookbook by the WVSB West Virginia School for the Blind, published in May of 2013. Here are the recipes that are in this section. I'm not going to read the recipe. We have Cherry Salad by Judy Hebner, Cinnamon jello by Denise Crawford, Cranberry Salad by Debbie Donnellan, Faye and Tom's Cranberry Relish, Vicki Smith, Foo-Foo by Betsy Grinovich, Grape Salad by Charlotte Welch, Greenbrier Salad by Ninetta Garner, Orange Salad by Denise Crawford. Orange Tapioca Salad by Judy Cook. Seafoam Salad by Judy Cook. Shirley's Four in One by Brenda Skeets. Strawberry Pretzel Salad by Sandy Harding. Tony's Grape Salad by Judy Hevner. Triple Orange Salad by Denise Crawford. Watergate Salad by Judy Cook. And I must say, in looking through this insert, that all of these recipes are very easy to prepare and do use some convenience foods to get you hurrying along the way to a finished product. If you're interested in more information about our special or to subscribe, Contact National Braille Press by calling 617-266-6160 or visit their website at nbp.org. If you have questions about the Kentucky Council of the Blind or you need information on resources for people with vision loss, call us at 502-895-4598